welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. On today's episode, we have yogi and soul coach Anna join us for a conversation about the power of the universe. If you are into the woo-woo, then you will probably already know that this episode is for you just from hearing that little piece. But if you're not, but still feel like you struggle with wanting to control all the aspects of your life, I think this episode is also for you. There is so much power we can get in learning to surrender. There's this harsh reality that most of our life is just not within our control. And so in that, focusing on what we can control. And Anna talks about how you manifest with your intentions and with empowering self-beliefs to actually get those goals while also surrendering. And I think that that is something that everyone could benefit from hearing. So y'all, tune in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply feeling this morning ah i'm feeling i'm feeling a lot of things and i'm kind of still sorting through it but um i'm feeling really raw i had a a weird experience this morning of some some guy in my hospital just like tried to like come on to me in like a pretty aggressive way and oh wow and it was just obviously very off-putting and and it kind of got me into this yeah. spiral of just feeling angry and um, taken advantage of yeah so I have been trying to clear my head and walking on the beach and mm. I'm feeling a lot better now <laughs> I've been using Good. I've been using this really cool tool for rapid manifestation that turns out to be just like the most amazing transmuter for anything. So I've been playing with that and and, and now I'm feeling really grateful and peaceful and, and good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm sorry you had to deal with that though. That's not fair to you and ideal and I'm happy that you're finding a little bit more grounding. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah, thank you for seeing me. How are you yeah. feeling? Ooh, I think raw was actually a really good word. Um, I am going through a breakup and like uh, just uh, exchanged items yesterday. So like kind of going through that last piece of closure of letting go, you know, what desires you had for that connection with that person and kind of coming back to myself. So I think that raw is probably the best way to describe it where it's, you know, I feel some grounding, but also a lot of pain at times and to his life. Right. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's just such a real experience. I don't know about you, but in those moments, it makes me feel really connected to humanity as a whole and those mm. moments of grief and like slowness because yeah. 
because we all have to go through that. It's such a connector. But it can often also feel alone. It's like you're handling it gracefully. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really trying. I think that, yeah, in the moments when in life when these sort of feelings do happen, when you open up to other people about it, that's when you find the connection. I think if we try to hold it in too much and think that we can just do it our own, on our own, that's when we feel isolated. So I appreciate you seeing me and holding space for me. Mm, yeah, you got it, sister. Thank you for sharing. So you were talking about the grounding that you were doing after this morning. Could you tell me more about like what you said something that I don't even know what it is? Can you tell me more? Yes. So it's a technique that I just learned from my coach called uh, rapid manifestation. So there's four steps to it. And the first step is gratitude. So you can just do like a gratitude dump. I'm sure you've you've had experience with the gratitude practice and listing everything that that you're grateful for is such a powerful transmuter. Um, you start with oh my god, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like extremely potent. So so I use this for so many situations when I'm feeling in, in the low vibrational state. So yeah, so I do a gratitude dump, and then <laughs> the second step is called desires and declarations. So that's thinking about, okay, what what do I want to manifest in this moment? And it's really cool because it's expanded my definition of what does it mean to manifest. And in my mind, I I thought previously more about like, okay, how much money do I want to make this week? Or how many clients do I want to get? Or something that's very tangible. But as I've been using this, it's really expanded my definition to include states of being as part of that manifestation. So even if it's, you know, being in a space of unconditional appreciation, I can manifest that. So the declaration part of that comes in because it gives a way to say it so that there's no room for ambiguity. So I declare that I am in a space of unconditional appreciation. I declare that I make $5,000 this week. Whatever it is, it's being really certain and, and in that really powerful, defined energy space. So there's no confusion with the universe of, okay, should we do we give her this or that or whatever it is. And then the third step is belief. That goes into, like, what what beliefs do I need to have so that these desires can manifest? Like, what might be in the way also? So sometimes there's a little bit of belief auditing that might need to happen. But, for example, if my declaration is that I, I'm, I have $5,000 in my bank account by the end of this week, I choose to believe that I am fully supported by the universe. I choose to believe that money is not an issue for me. I choose to believe that I am abundant. So whatever belief is kind of at the root of that expression that you're looking for. And then the last step is embodiment. So that's where you go into, okay, if all of this is real right here, right now, how would I hold myself? How would I and usually what I feel right away is that my spine straightens up, my heart opens, I feel 
a really powerful solar plexus connection, yeah, I, I feel instantly empowered. And then, okay, how would I walk? How would I talk? How would I spend my money, my time, all of my resources? What would I wear? And filling that in, and then it's acting as if. And you know what? It is working for me really fast. Yeah? Yes. Really? Yeah. Can I tell you a story? Oh my, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, so I've been doing this visualization meditation every morning for about a month. Okay. And since before I came to Costa Rica, and I came here with no plan. Damn. So one-way ticket, a backpack, and all my sound holes. And <laughs> wow. that's wild. I know. Yeah, that's that's a whole. There's a lot to unpack in that. But um, I'm ready for it whenever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll circle back. But I've been visualizing how I want it to be without getting involved in the how. So I keep visualizing this dope jungle bungalow that matches my inside and the outside. And I want to have a porch to teach yoga on, um, a wood feel. I want the bed to look like this. Like I have all the details. I know that I want to be in a community of healers and really deep into that space. And, but I, but I want to live alone. And be able to be eating really fresh fruit and have access to the ocean. And I'm like a little bit away from the ocean, but still close by. I can bike everywhere. And there's cool cafes that I can work at and do client calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. So guess what happened yesterday? What? <laughs> I, I met this girl, Hava, at this super cool yoga studio vegan cafe here in town and she we were like passing by started talking had a really strong like soul connection and she and she invited me to this dinner of all the healers that are in this community so I went last night and people were like you invited her because it's a really intimate group and they're like you Mm. invited someone new already and she's like yeah I just knew it and so I went there, I met this girl, we connected really strongly, she does a lot of energy healing work, she lives in a little bungalow that's like just the right kind of bungalow that I want. Her best friend lives in the bungalow next to her mm-hmm. and is moving out in a week. <laughs> so there you go. Literally exactly what I envisioned. And I was thinking, like, I'd love to have, like, a sister healer friend that lives next to me, but not yeah. in the same space. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Wow. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that, that experience just keeps happening. And I know it's an ascension symptom as well, but it's, it continually reinforces how magical life is and how powerful we are. Mm, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to hear that for you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's super exciting when the universe shows up for you in that way. But part of that, I feel like, is trusting that it will. I mean, has it ever let you down? Have you struggled at times waiting for the universe to supply these things for you? For sure. I yeah. mean, I feel like I, like I did go through a pretty massive rebirth about six months ago, and it feels like... Mm. Pretty much all of my time before that, um, it was more such a struggle to make things happen. And I felt like I, I was working so hard to create things and doing it on my own and not 
allowing space for God to step in really and and do the work for me. And like I was talking to my coach about this the other day and she was some people say, uh, you have to see it to believe it. She goes, It's really the other way around. Like you have to believe it to see it. And that's what I'm really starting to see transform because when I went through this portal mm-hmm. <laughs> and rebirth, um, it was in a, a an ayahuasca retreat. Um, it changed every aspect of my life. And mm-hmm. when I when I really get into okay, what happens on a quantum level? Because it it was a quantum shift. Because after that, it's like all the external expressions changed. But I know it was it was at my core that there was a shift. Yeah. And what happened for me was that I I finally relaxed and completely surrendered into trust. Mm. And then I started to see the most extraordinary synchronicity because my experiences that happened to me every day. Honestly, it's been every day for the last six months. I meet incredible people just at the right time. Experiences Mm. that are coming to me that I've been wanting to have for 10 years. It's been extraordinary, and it's all been because of that shift into the energy of unconditional trust. Wow. It's such a relief. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell from the way that it's beaming off of you that you feel very Mm. relaxed, and I love – I'm excited to hear more about this story. Could you tell me more about where you were at six months ago? What – yeah, what headspace were you in? Yeah, totally. So I was in a space where things were kind of okay. Mm. And I wasn't lit up by anything that was taking up a lot of space in my life. Or I could say, like, where I was investing my time and my energy, it wasn't in those things. Not that I didn't have them. Yeah. But it wasn't where I was investing all of my time. And so I was working as a, a biomedical engineer. I um, was in a relationship for two and a half years that point and we had really just kind of lost passion and fell out of love we still love each other deeply but Mm -hmm. um we grew into a space that was more of companionship and yeah and friendship it wasn't a romantic relationship really anymore and i was living in flagstaff arizona and i had been there for seven years and i had been wanting to move for a while because it's small, and I went to school there, and I just needed the ocean. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had a great, great, great group of friends, but the majority of my friends, to be totally vulnerable, is they weren't matching the vibration that I was mm-hmm. wanting to shift into. Yeah. And so I felt like I kept choosing to play smaller and to make decisions that were not in my highest alignment and integrity and, you know, um, with substances and just wasting my time, Mm. it felt like. Yeah. Inauthentic connection. So, yeah, that's the space I was in, and I was so, so unhappy at my job. And, like, it scares me to say that because if someone at my job listens to this, because they, they asked me, I mean, they were so supportive. Yeah. And really wanted me to be happy. And I think I just couldn't admit it to them at that time because if I were to say, like, the truth is I'm 
miserable doing this work, it's not what I want to be doing, then I'd have to change everything. Mm. And so I wasn't willing to be honest because I was so scared to make that change. Yeah, I was just kind of in a space of denial and like being stuck in, in, in a fear and scarcity kind of mindset. Yeah, and then I went, Sasha and I went to California. (laughs) Yeah. That was some grandmother medicine. Amazing. I mean, yeah, this is a lot of change. I mean, not only location, friend group, a relationship, your job. I mean, that's pretty significant change in a six-month period. Yeah. It's been like every single piece. Yeah. Has your concept of identity kind of shifted in that time too? I imagine with a lot of change in that way, it would be, you know, how are you looking at yourself differently than when you were six months ago? Yeah. You know what it feels like is refreshing. Ooh, I, feel, yeah. I feel like I can exhale. Mm. I feel like I don't have to put on a facade anymore that I felt like I was doing I was doing for so long because I thought that this is the way it has to be and I'm letting that go and making my own life and my own role and consciously choosing how I spend my energy and time and I feel like my whole concept of what life can be has expanded and I feel really empowered and I don't know how to describe this I feel just like natural yeah like just aligned and people you know like when you're meditating and you get into a really comfortable seat and you feel like oh my god I could just stay here forever mm-hmm. everything is is okay and then that's how I feel in my life. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) We should all be feeling like that ideally, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, Could you tell me more then? You were saying that you dropped this idea of what you had to do for your life, of what your life Mm. had to be, and you're expanding this concept of what life can be. What restrictions were you placing on your, your, I guess, idea of what life could be? Where did you imagine you should have kept going? Mm. Well, it would be like building a career and a really strong limiting belief that I had was that I can only make enough money to support myself through a nine-to-five job. Yeah. It's a trap. It's a trap that I see a lot of my friends in because you get into this space and then it's like there's a constant lure. There's always another one. It's your 401k, it's your health care, it's your vacation time. And if you just stay a little bit longer, then you get this extra thing and this extra thing and this always bait. And it keeps you in this, this system and this loop. And because everyone else that you work with has also subscribed to the belief that this is the way to do it, then people are going to keep reflecting back to you that so you're in this like walled off space of this belief being reflected everywhere and honestly now that I'm saying this out loud like I think that was a great thing about COVID too was 
not being in that space. And then obviously, like, the structure of businesses having to change. There was more mental capacity to explore what else is there beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, the whole everything changed after that. Even the concept of having to go to the office. So much people took a step back and realized, wow, we can yeah. really redo a lot of this. And I'm sure you've probably seen some of the news statistics talking about how, like, there is a massive exodus right now of people quitting jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of people might be in that similar state of watching the world have to change so much and just kind of questioning exactly what you're talking about of, do I have to do this for the rest of my life? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, like, those are the questions where revolution is born. Mm-hmm. If you take a step, that's the thing, though, right? Well, if you answer it. Mm, okay, tell me more, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are don't want to ask the question because it's like where I was at. Like, I didn't want to fully ask that question because if I answer it honestly, then I have to do the thing that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And so I feel like that's that's where... My offering now is coaching, and that's where it's cool to be able to hold space for people and ask those questions and hold them to to answer it and then say, okay, like, this is your highest vision. This is your answer that's truly coming from your soul. Then I'm going to hold you to that because that is your highest, and we're going to walk there together. Yeah, so I just think... I, I, I see where you're going to and I want to hear more about where you're going with that. But also it's like, will you ask the question and will you answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel like you found out what your highest vision was then? I feel like that's a hard question to ask yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been obsessed with this question for as long as I can actually remember. And for many times it's uh, most most of my life, it's been like this this fairy tale of later, 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 and mm. I've always just been very, very idealistic, which has been a blessing and a curse. And now I'm seeing like now it's becoming more of a blessing because I'm able to integrate it into my work. But what happened for me was this ayahuasca, and that's been my intention every time that I sat with the medicine is um, what is my dharma? I'm just obsessed with this question, what is my dharma? And and helping other people find their dharmas. And I read so many books about it and listen to podcasts and it's just it's just been this themed obsession in my life of figuring it out. And so that's how it really started to trickle in for me was through through the medicine and it showed me in vivid detail like who I am and what I'm meant to create or what I can create. Yeah. For listeners who might not know what Dharma means, could you explain more of what that means? Yeah, yeah. So Dharma is is your life purpose. I think it can be a bit of a debated topic having a purpose because then sometimes people that don't feel like they have it or can't figure it out, it's like can be exclusive. But where I'm at in my understanding of it right now is I feel that we all do have a dharma. 
and um, that is what the Vedas teach. And purpose is more of how you do the things that you do. I think it's actually both why and how and not so much what. So um, for me, coming to my purpose of realizing that I I want to help people align with their soul, I want to help solve these problems and with a very humanitarian bent to it. Well, I studied environmental engineering, totally different. It's problem solving with a humanitarian bit. Yeah. You know, so like you can find that thread and it's like if you keep looking back, like who were you as a little kid? Mm. You know, like what drives you? I think that's the purpose that you can kind of start to weave through. And then, then there can become the question of once you, it starts to feel true in your body of okay, what's the truest and most beautiful expression of that purpose in my life at this moment? And then you can go into embodiment practices and where can I take this? And, and, and really using the imagination, like I love how, how Glennon Doyle, how she teaches, like that in order to create something new, you have to really stay in the space of imagination because you can't get too 3D too quickly. It's like, it's like, the Shishumanadi, the central energy channel, the, there's an upward current and there's a downward current. The upward current is the current of liberation. It's what's focused on mostly in yoga. The downward current is the current of manifestation. So things are dropped down from the ether and they become progressively more dense until you ultimately birth them into the world. And so it's like, start up here in this imaginative headspace, in the third eye kind of space, and then refine. Yeah. Okay, so then can you provide an example of how you've done this in your life? I mean, you're talking about looking back to your childhood and seeing what aspects of you might be through all these various threads. And so Mm -hmm. I know you said environmental science. I mean, what were you doing as a kid that now you see yourself doing now? Mm. Uh, I think I've always been a guide. Mm, Yeah. That's been a theme and wanting to share what is alive for me and, and what I learn with other people. So like even as a little kid, I would, I would learn a song on the piano and then I would go get my mom and I would teach her that song. <laughs> and that. just, yeah, everything I learned, I then would immediately want and um, hold space for other people to experience it and encourage them to find their own power and creativity and let things flow without the fear of doing something wrong. Yeah, so looking back, that's kind of what I found. And then moving forward, I think it's been about just having the intention of, okay, now I'm a little more clear on on what my purpose is. And having an intention with that. So so my, my purpose is to serve and every day I reflect on how may I serve today. And um it's honestly taken me a while to get there because I've I've heard about this for years that people do this and it and it just it didn't click for me until recently. And now it feels like it just feels really aligned. 
I guess probably because now I understand more of the methods that I can surf through. Right, right, right. And then I allow whatever is alive in the universe to come to me, and I trust that whatever situations that I can be of assistance with will come, and I can serve. Yeah, it sounds like you're repeatedly checking in with your concept of purpose to kind of guide how you navigate your life, the world, relationships. Yeah, yeah. I reflect on it every morning. <laughs> and I think that's super powerful, right? That's part of the manifestation and the embodiment that you were talking about earlier is kind of keeping that at your forefront when you go through the world of choosing, you know, my higher self is serving and mm-hmm. teaching and sharing and how can I pull in, you know, my actions and thoughts to connect with that every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Power of intention. Yeah. You journal every morning on it, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I journal on how I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. um, what I'm grateful for, uh, what my intention is for the day, what I want to manifest and goals, and then what what state of being do I want to bring forth? And so I usually can can come to one word and yeah, I like to do it kind of sprinkled throughout my meditation and just allow there to be a conversation there because I feel I have I have so much so much more to learn with meditation. There's there's just so much depth there that I'm curious to explore, but my my current understanding is that it's more of a listening. And then prayer is more of a communication on my end going out. So I I sometimes like to have a practice where you combine both of them and go back and forth. Sometimes I start with, I call in um, my guide, my higher self, anything that I work with. So like plant medicines, I call in the Hawthors, I call in ayahuasca, I call in Isis, I call in... um, uh, my grandpa just passed away, and then I just asked my, like, sweet <laughs> yeah. of spirits, like, what do I need to know? Mm-hmm. What do I need to know today? And then I listen, and I'll just kind of sit in that space of listening for a while. I usually get downloads, and then I kind of decide, okay, what do I choose today? What kind of space do I want to be in? And then I, I find a word and kind of put that out there. Sometimes I'll have questions, sometimes I'll listen, and it's just kind of a a dialogue. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's so powerful to connect with yourself and see what way you want to direct versus letting your emotions and some of the humanness of us just like run amok to some degree, right? Like there is a power that you're using right here with your executive brain to say, this is who I want to be, despite maybe how my body is showing up today and recognizing that you can have a higher self that you can direct yourself to. And that doing Mm -hmm. that is not in any way disconnecting to who you are. We can acknowledge our emotions and the complexities of them and still aim for a higher self. Yeah. 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 And, and on that thread, like another piece of my practice that I learned from my old therapist actually was if I am in a space, um, where I feel like I want to transmute some lower vibrational energy before I start my day, because I really prefer 
to start my day alone. It's hard in the hospital. That's why I get up so early usually. Yeah. <laughs> because that, one, because the morning is magical, and two, because I just I want to have that space. So if I am in a lower vibrational state, too, I can transmute it. So a lot of the times, I'll I'll just feel into okay, what's alive for me? What's real for me right now? And and then give myself space, like like this morning, like I'm I'm actually pissed. Yeah. And like, just yeah. let myself just feel that, and then I bring in my my higher self. So I have my like my like inner child is saying this, but then my my higher self is then coming in, and what advice would she give, and what wisdom does she have? And and it's so beautiful that we have all of these this within us, like mm-hmm. the inner child and the inner goddess. We have the masculine and the feminine, and we can call upon them separately to kind of mother ourselves and mm-hmm. heal ourselves. And there's just all these different facets that if we use our intention to go there, it's like, okay, I'm feeling really in my feminine and it's maybe it's too feminine. I'm going to call in my masculine and I'm going to create container and structure in order to hold this space. And it's super cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think so many people get lost, and myself included, often, right, of this space when we have those emotions and wanting to ignore them, deny them, suppress them. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that only makes it harder, right? But sometimes I find myself doing this where I'm like, why am I upset right now? And you almost get into this space of like anger with yourself instead of allowing mm-hmm. yourself to feel it fully and have that compassion because if we don't take that step of compassion, we can never make it to this next step of what you're talking about, right? Of acknowledgement yes. and change and so we just get stuck on this frustration and lack of compassion for ourselves, and it can be so hard yeah that's such a great point of, of yeah bringing in compassion i learned i learned something from one of the shamans that i sit with this year um he said that compassion is the space where human suffering meets divine love mm. and it's like oh okay can I give myself grace right now? Can I see myself through the eyes of God and fully take myself back into my own arms and know that all is well? Anything that's present, like just to give it space to move through and process and download the information that it's wanting to download instead of resisting. I know, I know. But sometimes that information hurts. (laughs) Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's like, it's a a tough practice. Yeah. Very much still at the beginning of it. For sure. I know. Every time (laughs) I feel like I get it and understand more, and there's just something different with life that hits you in a new way you've never hit before, and you go through the same lesson again, you're like, Here we are, same cycle, (laughs) learning. It's like you feel like the teacher and then you're the student, the teacher, the student. I feel like that's just how life is going to keep unrolling. I feel that. Very humbling. (laughs) I know, right? Right. Yeah, you were talking about vibrations. I think there is more that could be said there of this difference between low energy states and you wanting to start your day off. Yeah, transmuting this energy. Can you explain more of what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I love this topic. Okay, so I'm going to also bring in another teacher of mine. Her name is Marissa, and she taught me, I think it's Abraham Hicks that has the, 
vibrational scale of emotion. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it, it looks like just like a frequency chart that you would see in your physics class. Or like if you look at uh, the rainbow spectrum of color and you're looking at different frequencies and, okay, gamma rays are at this frequency, radio waves are at this frequency. Same thing, but we're talking about emotion. Yeah. And it goes from low to high. And so it's it's starting at all the fear-based emotions. The lowest emotions that are there are shame and guilt. And it goes into all of these other ones of apathy and doubt and um, holding a grudge and whatever, all of these these low vibrational states that we experience as humans. And then there's kind of like a middle point of, I don't even know which one's at the middle point. And then it starts to go into the vibrations that are based in love and starting at acceptance, starting at tolerance, and then moving up from there into different forms of acceptance, into gratitude, into joy, into peace love and it was really profound for me when I learned about this because I had called her um, because she did an Akashic Records reading for me a while back and she super tuned in and when I sat with Ayahuasca in April I had a Kundalini awakening the first one I experienced and I went into a psychic state and I was I've never experienced that yeah, can you tell me more? Yeah, I just, I had a period of time where I was psychic. And we're all psychic. It's just a matter of, are we aligning to the vibration that it requires? And is our channel clear enough to receive those downloads? So I had asked her about, like, what is this? Like, I know that yeah. you're really tuned in. Can you help me out? And we took, we, we took a call. And what she showed me with this chart is, you have to be at the highest vibration in order to receive those downloads because that's the vibration of God. Mm. So there's that. <laughs> yes. And at the same time, I found this job that was like, whoa, is this my dream job? It blew my mind. Um, it was this, this Himalayan monk. He came down from the Himalayas, moved to Santa Barbara, started a school to teach about consciousness. And they were looking for someone to run this nonprofit and open an ashram. And I was like, wow, this is my dream job. It's like, it's just studying the Vedas, working with a monk. And um, I asked her at the end of the call, okay, um, do you see me getting this job? Like, do you see it in alignment? And she was like, wait a minute, what did I just teach you? Like, look at the chart. What is the space that you're in when you think about the job? And I was like, oh, top emotions, like definitely just love, bliss, like incredible expansion. And then she said, what what vibration do you go to when you ask me if you're fit for the job? Plummet to for doubt. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that was such a game changer for me. So she's like, don't, don't even go there. Don't even go there. Align to your highest possible vibration. If the job isn't in the same vibration, it's not going to work, but it means there's something better. And so that was just a really, a really big game changer for me. And I think about that scale a lot of like creating emotional intelligence and understanding, knowing where we're at on that scale is how we learn how to become the master of our own lives. Because right. if we know that we're in a low vibrational state, we can bring it back up using a million practices 
and then continually flex that muscle of coming into our highest so that we can receive everything that we deserve and to serve other people from our highest space and up level and up level and up level and there's ripple effects and eventually we are moving into a space where we are creating heaven on earth and that's how we do it is aligned to the vibration of heaven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think what you're talking about is so powerful because going from that lower space of doubt, potentially not feeling secure in this opportunity, how then did you bring yourself back up? I mean, that's not an mm. easy thing. I think you're yeah talking about going between these vibrational states can be really hard for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. for sure. It's super hard. There's a lot of practices. My favorite one was the one that I was just sharing with you, the rapid manifestation. If you don't have anything else, just gratitude, just practice gratitude. And you can start with the simplest things. Thank you for this breath. Thank you for this body. Thank you for the pillow under my head tonight, for all the people that are supporting me. Thank you for Mother Nature. Sometimes when I'm in a really low state, it occurs to me that all these things, they may fall away. And maybe I, I lose this person in my life and I lose this job, I lose this opportunity There's when there's loss. So we always have nature, you mm-hmm. know? We always have the stars. We always have the trees. And so just coming back to the simplest and truest things to be grateful for is super powerful. I also use breath a lot, especially mm-hmm. um, breath retention. Mm-hmm. And I'm not well-versed in pranayama. It's actually something I want to get a lot more into. But I use um, a breath practice that I don't even know if it's a thing. Okay. Yeah. It's your thing. (laughs) It's my thing. It works in my body. I I take a really big inhale and then I press the inhale down into my diaphragm and I have scoliosis. So I'm not sure Mm. if there's something going on with that too, but it feels like it's pressing maybe on the vagus nerve. And I come to a space where I almost black out pretty quickly. And, um, and I'm, and I feel like a ton of expansion happening and it, extremely calming. Yeah, what I've found is that a lot of the time when I'm in a low vibrational space, I want to get to a high vibrational space, what's in the way for me is frenetic energy. Okay. So clearing needs to happen. And um, breath retention is a super fast clearer. A lot of the times, like, I go, like, I need to work out, like, super crazy fast, and I need to lift all the weights right now, and I need to run all the way there, and there's just this frenetic energy to it that it's it doesn't help. Like, even if I go do all those things, it takes several hours, and then I'm like, there's still an underlying current. So learning how to release that energy, and it could be through shaking or dancing or whatever it is, just get that shit out, mm-hmm. and then go into a more simple and grounding practice, raise your frequency, and then make decisions. Mm. Don't make a decision when you're in a low vibrational space. Yeah, that's very wise to say. I would very much so agree with that. I think in that it takes from what I'm hearing and what I've understood from my own practice and my own energies and cycles is that 
it's not always something you want to do. You're in that low space. Mm. You want to get to the higher space. And sometimes I feel like I wait for like the universe to pull me back into the higher space, forgetting that Mm -hmm. so much of that takes intentional action on my part. And exactly what you're talking about of, wow, I'm in this low space. I'm going to do this intentional breath practice, or I'm going to move my body and do some form of dance or yoga, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. even though I don't feel like doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And trusting that that will pull me into another space and that I can do yes. that. Yeah. 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 That's such a big thing because, yeah, a lot of the times when you're in that space, you just want other things that are in that vibration. Like, I just want, like, a pint of ice cream and Netflix and I don't want to talk to anybody and I don't want to go work out. And, like, yeah, yep. it, it perpetuates itself. And so what I've been trying to practice now is, like, just do it. There's times yep. where it's, like, yep. you just have to go through the motions of doing it and it things change pretty quickly mm-hmm. you know yep. you've got to get that energy moving and it'll start to transmute. oh yeah and if you're like me and read your journals back i'm sure you can see mm. all the different states of where your energy goes to all these different places yeah. yeah yeah journaling is great also i think when you're in that space because mm-hmm. then you can yeah. pull in like okay what is my energy got it what does my higher self say about that and work through it on your own and then I find a lot of the times without even realizing it I can work through limiting beliefs and transmute those into empowering beliefs definitely I think sometimes it's that act of actually slowing down to write the ideas can be so therapeutic for our brains which can just like fire at a hundred miles per hour versus actually writing takes a very much so slowing of your thoughts and being able to see them on paper gives them this tangible nature instead of just this mess of thoughts in your head. You can actually see what you're seeing. And I think it's really powerful in allowing yourself to connect with your own self and see yourself and give yourself whatever that inner child needs, the highest mm-hmm. goddess, all these different things versus just being this like kind of gray mess of emotions that can be up here to get them into paper is so powerful. I'm a big journal component. I do it every morning as well. So I, and I, oh. for me, it, it has been so healing and to, yeah, look mm-hmm. back and see all the different cycles of emotions, of energy states and kind of come back to it and recognize that I've been present through all of that and to like see my complexity and all of those different mm. vibrations, I think is really whole and complex. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I've, I never read my journals back. Ooh, yeah. It's pretty I'm interesting. Kind of scared to. Yes. <laughs> That's super fair. Like, yeah, it's definitely, I think sometimes it's fascinating though because I think I, in the past, I used to journal in this sort of like venting, like this happened, this happened, and this happened. Um, And at some point in my journey with myself, I started aligning more with, you know, like what would my higher self want? And, you know, giving myself back the compassion in my journaling of saying like, this makes so much sense that you're going through that. And so when I go back to reread my own words from different times of emotional states that have been heavy, I get my own compassion back and I'm like, damn, that was good. That's really good advice. I should listen to that. And it's been very wild. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, you I mean you have all those aspects within you. It's like yes. we have a whole village within ourselves. <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, and I, that's why I think it's so the vibration thing has always been something that I've really thought about a lot. Have you heard about mm. mirror neurons? No, what's that? 
So there's some research talking about how when you're, I'm not sure if it would work virtually, but when you're with another person, how we naturally pick up on different neurons light in the same with someone sitting across from us. So if they're feeling Mm. certain amount of emotions, we'll start to feel them just by like being in their presence. And they talk about how that can be an effect up to about 20 feet. And that's proven by science. And so I just think it's fascinating, you know, how sometimes a lot of like Eastern religious views, perspectives talk about things like this, like vibrations, how that affects you. And now this like Western science world is starting to piece together that like, yes, there are things that are happening that we don't understand, like mirror neurons that are affecting our inner emotional states. And I'm like, those things kind of sound similar, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Science is catching up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I do think that being around people and their vibrations deeply affects at least me personally. Mm. Like I very much mm-hmm. so feel like I've always con- uh, compared it to a container of water. Mm. And I can come to my own like, you know, state of calmness. And then sometimes with other people's energy, depending on what it is, can either really rock you or bring you to other states. And like having that amount of lone time to connect back to your state is so, so powerful. Oh, I really like that water analogy. The fluidity of our emotions and the different spaces that we can get pulled into, I always felt like that was such a way to understand myself. Of, I just feel like there's so much to learn from water. That's, that sounds very mm. hippie, but I just I find really? so much so much wisdom to learn from being so powerful enough to erode, you know, rocks and the, some of these mm. large structures, but equally soft enough. And I keep coming back to that understanding of ourself and our emotions of needing stillness and alone time to be able to find like our clearness mm. and the yoga yeah. yoga oh, I don't I think it might have been Tachinat Han and I've probably said this metaphor before about how you can only like really see yourself in the river when you allow it to calm and in that calm moment in the water you can look back and see your reflection but it, when you look in these high energy spaces of not being able to like find your own self you look into the water and it's going to be murky and difficult to see versus letting it calm and be able to see your true self when you're not in these confused states oh this is really resonating yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's funny because i'm here on the caribbean side and and the water is amazing it's like it's so warm it's soft somehow and the waves are just like foamy and delicious, mm. the sand is perfect, no rocks, no seaweed, no sharks, and I've been swimming for hours in the ocean every day, but it's also rainy season, and so a lot of the, in a lot of the countries, there's like, it's muddy in the water, and I had some friends that snorkeling yesterday, like, yeah, there's no visibility, and so I'm just, I'm just like, I have been seeing like visually what you're talking about, of like, okay, it's, if there is this influence of other people's emotions, like rain, coming in mm-hmm. and mixing everything up. You can't see. You don't know what's yours and what's not yours. And giving that space for things to settle is such a medicine. Yes, that's why I live alone. And I wonder if maybe that's why you want to live alone. Yeah. Yes, that is yes. why I want to live alone so bad. Exactly, exactly. It's like, yes, we need the community. And that is so, so, so important. But equally to have the space just to calm down and see ourselves. I just like, I don't think we can live in this world without that. So I just think it's so valuable. And obviously, 
that's definitely a privilege for a lot of people who might not be able to do that capacity. But if you can't truly live alone, finding maybe pockets of moments where you can just slow down enough to listen back to yourself and be alone with yourself. Yeah, so needed. I think if more people were able to be alone with themselves or, or chose to be alone with themselves, we'd be in a much uh, calmer and reflective world. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it can be so hard. And that I think that's definitely something I'm learning to do is to be alone with myself and to love that time. Mm. It's really hard. To go on dates with yourself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that of learning how to love myself. I think I've been a Mm. definitely in my life perpetually in relationships and kind of outsourcing that sense of love and external gratification to my partners. Mm. And so truly trying to learn how to love myself and be kind and take myself on dates is definitely a practice that I'm trying to lean into really hard right now. Beautiful. Yeah, me too. I really, I really resonate with that. Yeah. This is the first time that I've been single in a really long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, I feel like I have sea legs. And what is it actually like to, to be alone and to, to honor my body in a way that, uh, for me, it's been showing up a lot by saying no. I love that. Yes. That has been my lesson this last few months of I, why am I people pleasing when it's hurting myself? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or like, or saying yes from a space of, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. And then sitting alone later going, what have I agreed to? (laughs) I don't have time for that. It's not in my integrity of, like, what I want to be investing my time in. I probably spent the whole summer doing stuff like that. Not that I didn't do everything else, but I was just so busy. And then now it's like things are finally, they're actually not slowing down, but I'm in a different place. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I mean, so much of this is in your internal headspace. If you're holding all these different expectations, all these different people you want to please, once you start to say no, and those people kind of, it literally goes out of your headspace, you can come back to you, instead of holding all those expectations, at least that's what I'm trying to download from this breakup, right? Is like, yeah. You don't realize it in the time how much headspace you hold for these people and how you want to show up and all these different things that when it yeah. comes away, you find a sense of relief coming back to yourself. Mm, that feels really good. Yeah, it does. And I think it <laughs> it takes the painfulness of enacting boundaries though, right? Of trusting that, mm-hmm. hey, my higher self is going to like this better. And even though I might disappoint this friend by saying, hey, I, this isn't an alignment with me to show up anymore, trusting that that is worth the you <sighs> later that will feel much better. Oh, I need to hear that. Mm-hmm. I'm going through I'm going through something yeah um, but I I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about yet because it's very much like in the middle of we're like in limbo but yeah just going through something with a friend where we're renegotiating how we're gonna work together Mm -hmm. and if we're gonna work together and if not working together will assist in the longevity of our friendship Oh, yeah, 
it's a space I've never been in. Of mm. having these conversations with a friend and um I think you said something earlier about how like do you think you're over something and then the patterns come back. Yeah. And I was really experiencing that yesterday and feeling really humbled of like, whoa, I just got felt super reactive and and why am I reacting like this? And and then but also like giving myself grace because I have one, it's hard and then two, um, I did learn something and then that's that I know I need time to process and saying, Okay, I need space to just let this mellow and assimilate and figure out what's mine, what's yours, what do I really want, what is just a reaction, because I don't want to act, again, from that low vibrational space of reaction. Right. Like, do you know about the Gene Keys? No, tell me. Oh, the Gene Keys are awesome. Um, they're formed by Richard Rudd. There's 64 of them. They kind of mimic the I Ching 64 parts. Uh, there's 64 codons in our DNA. Yeah. It incorporates a lot of the wisdom of astrology and human design. You can do a chart with them, and, and each of the gene keys, they have a shadow, a gift, and a city. And my life purpose gene key is 49, mm-hmm. and the shadow is reaction. It's really powerful for me to know about the gene keys. It's such a powerful tool because when you're, if, if you can remember and identify, I'm in a shadow state, what is the gift? Mm. And then what's the city? And how do you get there? Like, because it goes into like, how do you transmute? If I'm in a reactive state, which is one of the strongest and most potent shadow frequencies on our planet right now, the gift is revolution. Mm. But it requires not taking it personally. Oh, but it feels so personal. <laughs> yeah. Have you read The Four Agreements? Oh, yeah. Yes. You said them done. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I need to reread that book. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I think you too. I know I have all these yeah. books of beautiful ideas and I read it once and I'm like, I got it. And then I've realized like, no, it is so valuable to spend time in these texts that you, you know, really connect to and rereading them. Yeah, I used to be very Christian. So I think like the concept of rereading a text over and over again really connects to like the Bible practice I grew up with that I've grown to resent mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so kind of acknowledging that that can still be a healthy thing to like reread these things afterwards and connect back to them and find lessons has been very like groundbreaking for me and so yeah right when you said that don't take things personally I was like ooh, maybe this is a sign from the uh, universe that I need to reread that book uh. yes yeah right back at you yeah definitely <laughs> yeah and then so then then the city is rebirth and that's where we're headed as a collective like that's the most active GMP on our planet right now because we're about to go through I mean, it's already happening. We're, like, in the contraction phase of being reborn. So it's, like, a really potent gene key to understand and to learn how to recognize. And this goes back to, like, the emotional intelligence being such an asset for ascension. I agree. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) You've shared so much wisdom here. I really appreciate you coming on, to, And you've been so vulnerable about how these things are showing up in your life. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for holding 
space and inviting me on the podcast. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like there's anything that you really had your heart on that you wanted to talk about today that maybe we didn't touch on mm. before I go to a closing question? I feel pretty complete. Okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> okay, well then the question I ask everyone on the show is, what is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? Ooh, I think um, the thing that's coming to mind really clearly is loneliness. Mm-hmm. Feeling alone, I mean, that is that is the entire essence of our illusion. That is our gift as humanity that we are designed to move through, and we have been given amnesia to forget that we are all one thing. And so we move to this illusion of separation in order to come back through challenges so that the blessings can integrate into the body, back to the space of knowing that we are always home. And I don't know, I feel like it's not talked about enough and not acknowledged enough how we feel alone so many ways in the ways that that manifests. Yes. Even when we're surrounded by people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think just, yeah, holding space for one another to express, I feel alone in this moment, shines the light into the darkness and then allows it to transmute into unity. Yes. Yes. And community and how valuable it can be to be seen in that light and no longer be in the darkness alone is so powerful. Mm, well thank you for doing that with me today it has been really lovely thank you so much nicole yeah thanks for sharing your wisdom and telling your story as well of course i'm trying every day i don't know (laughs) if any of it sticks but you know i'm living my life (laughs) is there anywhere you want to plug for people that maybe want to connect with you or find out more about you Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say my Instagram right now because I'm changing my business name so my website is about to change. But my Instagram is Anna Dale Yoga and all my all my stuff is linked through there. <laughs> awesome. Well thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. If you enjoyed today's conversation, then subscribe for new episodes released every Wednesday and follow us on Instagram at Modern Anarchy Podcast, where we open up a dialogue about all of these topics. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. And a special thanks to one of my favorite artists, Your Smith, for the intro and outro song to this show.